0: So uh, Dr. Mike, um like I guess at the beginning of the call, is um, he's just a great uh, leader in, at YOLI. Um, if you've seen any of the introduction materials, um, you know that he really doesn't need any introduction. He provides a lot of credibility to our organization. Um, I love working with him. He's a great guy. And uh, here he is tonight to talk about um, the science of weight loss. So Mike, without any further ado, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you.
1: Oh, awesome. Thanks, Steve, for the great introduction. and you know, it's it's awesome to be on here and I'm really excited about the volleyball tournaments because last year we, yeah. we had a ball, we had a we had a volleyball tournament but it was in the water. I think we did that at Kabul and uh mm-hmm. the volleyball tournament lasted I think for about seven hours. Um oh, so wow. those who are coming to Cancun, you know, be prepared for that. Bring some extra fun with you and you know, get your athlete going. But um, you know, it, it it's such a great honor to be on this call and to share, you know, about this, this one topic which is which is really it's really dear to my heart, you know, it's the science of weight loss. And,
0: um you know, we always
1: talk about, you know, weight loss and all that kind of stuff in the videos, but I, what I really wanted to focus on was more of why why does your body even get to this point? Um, and then what what are we going to do about it? You know, and what are the ramifications of all of these things that's happening to our body? So, I mean, you look at this, and and I don't think we talk about obesity and the epidemic as much as we do you know like sensational news about different outbreaks and all that kind of stuff we don't really focus on obesity it's kind of like as a society we've thrown up our arms in the air and says oh well you know we're just getting fatter and fatter and we're getting sicker and thicker and we're dying quicker and quicker and we just kind of say hey well we don't know what to do and let's just give you more drugs and medication and kind of cover it up and then Let's just point fingers everywhere else rather than kind of taking our own health into our own hands. You know we as a society, we become really complacent on on what we're doing for our own health, often leaving our health uh, to somebody else. you know and, and we see that look at the numbers I mean over seventy percent of our society is considered overweight or over, o- obese. Thirty uh, percent of our children are considered overweight or obese. And the craziest thing is that the obesity rate has doubled over the last 20 years, not just in the United States alone, but worldwide. You know, we're about uh, 25 pounds or so heavier than we were in 1960. It's like, what has changed over these years? You know, have, has our genes really have we mutated? Do we, are we like turning into some type of X-Men or, you know, or some, some mutant creature? No, our, our genes are pretty much the same. But what has changed is our lifestyle and our food supply and what we're doing to our bodies. I was looking at some of the stats today on the World Health Organization website, and they said one in two African-Americans are obese, one in two Hispanics are obese, one in three Caucasians are obese, and one in 10 Asians are obese. I mean, guys, it's only increasing more rapidly than than ever. And there's something that we need to do about it. And I think as a whole, as as a society, we recognize that this is a problem, but we don't know what to do. And I really think it's because we've been given too much information. And, and that's the problem is we we see all of these different diets that come and go. And at, at, at a point it comes to information overload and we throw up our hands in the air and we say, you know what, I've tried all these things. Nothing seems to work. You know what? I'm just stuck with my lot in life and so be it. And and that's not the case. You know, so let's let's look at the basics of of why your body gains weight in the first place. Now, what I explain to all my patients in, in my practice is that the disease process in your body is not your body actually going wrong. It's actually your body defending you from you. So it's defending you from what you've been doing to your body. It's just a natural part of your, the metabolic process. So, when you look at weight gain and you get into the state of obesity, you know, being overweight, that's just an effect of something that you've been doing overall, okay? So, a lot of times I, I see people say, well, you know, it's in my family genes, which is partly, you know, it's about a 20%, uh, you know, effect rate, but... What we've seen is that the other 80% really has to do with your lifestyle. You know, when we look at familial traits, it's not necessarily just because my mom or dad was overweight that I'm going to be overweight because of my genes. We're not we're not predestined for that. It comes down to what we were um, educated for our health. So face it, I mean, most families will always eat the same things if you know what they were accustomed to growing up with, and that will affect how your genes express themselves. Now, we know there's a basic law of biochemistry in your body that the cause of weight gain is, is is directly related to the caloric intake and caloric expenditure. So what you put into your body, how many calories you intake, and then how many calories you burn off. So if there's more of an excess of calories that you're intaking than you're expending, your body's going to store it. Now, now that brings it to the point where there's diet systems that came in and said, "Well, we're just going to focus on caloric intake, and we're going to count calories. We're going to give it certain categories, and then if you in- if you increase the number that you expend, or you decrease the number that you intake, by those laws, you're going to lose weight. And it doesn't necessarily happen that way because sometimes you see people. Um, you guys have probably met people who say." You know, I drink, I just drink water all day long and I gain excessive amounts of weight or I just breathe air all day long and I don't eat anything. I'm still gaining weight. And there's all these other factors that come into play. And within my practice, I I use the term called the four pillars of weight loss. Okay. So the four pillars of weight loss, you guys are taking notes. You guys want to really write these down. Okay. And like I said today, I mean, this is like over 10, 12 years of research that I've been doing that I've been compiling, and I'm going to try and distill it to you guys in the next like couple of minutes here. So the first pillar that I always address is hormonal balance. And what happens is that when your body gets into a state of prolonged stress, the hormones in your body goes out of whack. Now, basically what a hormone does is it creates some type of action in your body. And you know, when we hear the word hormones, we don't necessarily think about um, digestion. We don't necessarily think about um, your uh, brain uh, function and brain capacity and all that stuff. We we think about sexual reproduction and all that kind of stuff. Well, hormones are involved in almost every single aspect of your body, from cellular metabolism um, down to how your moods are. And when we look at the process of gaining weight. There are a couple hormones that we want to definitely take a look at and definitely address. Now, when most people think of gaining weight and their body and all that stuff, they think of one particular hormone um, that's involved with blood sugar regulation, which is called insulin. And we're very familiar in everyday life, and we talk about insulin and its relation to diabetes and all that kind of stuff. But We don't necessarily uh, pay attention to this one particular hormone, which I focus a lot in my practice. Which is called leptin and there's this hormone that's secreted by your fat cells called leptin and then what it does is it goes back to your brain and it tells your brain to tell you that you're full then to stop eating so basically like guys in the warehouse saying hey you know what Um, tell the other people stop bringing in stuff to store in the warehouse because our warehouse is getting full now sometimes what happens though is that the communication line gets a little blurred there. Okay. Some other things that leptin does as well is that it tells your body how to utilize what you've stored for energy. So all the excess fat that you've stored over time, and by the way, your body does that naturally. Your body naturally stores fat because we've evolved from a hunter-gatherer society of feast and famine where we didn't know if we're going to have our next meal the same that we did today. If we had a feast one day, we didn't, know, we didn't necessarily know if we're going to have a feast the next day. So our bodies naturally store things, okay? So what leptin does is it tells your body that, hey, we've stored all of this excess energy. Let's utilize that for energy, okay? Now, it, it, what's supposed to happen is that as you store more energy, your, the fat cells are supposed to increase more production of this hormone called leptin. And that will then go to your brain to tell your body to stop eating more food. What happens though over time is that your body can actually become desensitized to this hormone, so it doesn't necessarily react to the hormone when it's secreted. So you have all the you have all the secretion of leptin in your body, but the body's not responding to it. It's kind of like the guys in the warehouse saying, "Hey, we're 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 overstocked here." don't need to bring any more more uh, storage here, and what happens is people, all the truckers are coming in and dumping in everything into the warehouse. Now, over time, the warehouse can only hold a certain capacity, so it becomes non-functional. And here's what happens: is that your body just cannot utilize leptin. And they've done studies where they 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 know what leptin does in the body, so they said, well, if it tells your body to stop eating food we're going to put leptin into your body, just like how we, we do with insulin for diabetics. So they, inc- they inject the body with leptin, but when people reach a state of being overweight and obese, the body doesn't didn't respond to that. So they were like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. If the body is supposed to shut off hunger and, or, uh, and then, then utilize the fat for energy by increasing leptin, how come when we put it in the body, it doesn't work? What well, they found was that the receptors become non-responsive. But here was the, the, the greatest thing that they found in these studies. <clears throat> they found that you could actually resensitize these receptors. And they, they found one particular thing that would resensitize it, and it's a, a, a thing called Irvingia gabonensis. And Irvingia is found in a few of our products, the shakes and also passion. They've done huge amounts of studies where they've shown that They've used our to actually increase the sensitivity of leptin and increase how the body utilizes fat for energy. And it's one of the only things that they found to actually resensitize the body to leptin. And it's a pretty phenomenal. If you guys want want the um the research studies, let me know. Message me and I can I can send you guys those research studies. Next one is resensitizing the body to insulin. Now, we once thought that insulin or or desensitization to insulin was all about becoming and overloading your body with uh, with sugar in your blood. And what they found is that it's not necessarily just that part. The biggest portion that they found was systemic pH. And they, they did all these studies where they would measure the the cell receptors uh, affinity towards insulin, and they what they saw was that when they dropped the pH level from seven point three six five to six point nine, that the pH uh, that the um the binding of insulin because of the drop in pH decreased by fifty percent. So by your body becoming more acidic, you had had fifty percent of the insulin binding dropped away. Okay, so now. The other surprising thing that they found in the study was that when they reestablished pH balance, the 7.365, the physiological range, that the insulin binding went back up to normal. So if we look at it, when we're treating diabetes with, um, with more insulin, but the receptors don't respond to insulin, why is that the course of treatment? Shouldn't we be more focused on balancing out the body's pH to get the insulin to bind to the receptors? That just makes, you know, more sense to me. And we've seen it time and time again, you know, giving patients um, alkaline will help their blood sugar levels to reestablish. And, you know, let's jump into the second pillar. So going from reestablishing insulin sensitivity, the second pillar we, we look at is balancing out your pH levels. So, you know, using stuff like Alkalete, uh will help, one, to balance out the insulin receptors, but... It'll also help your body to increase nutrient absorption across your gastrointestinal wall. The mucosal lining of your gastrointestinal system over time, when your body becomes more acidic, just doesn't absorb the nutrients that you need. So what happens is you may be trying to eat better. You may be trying to take high-quality nutrients, but it's not crossing that barrier. So your body is constantly starving for more nutrients. And how do you get more nutrients if you're starving? You eat more food, right? So you're you're, you're constantly uh, you're constantly hungry. So you, you eat more food. You eat more food. You increase more caloric intake. You decrease leptin sensitivity. You decrease insulin sensitivity because the food that you're eating is probably on the more acidic range and is throwing off body pH. <clears throat> and You guys kind of see how all of this starts to snowball over time, and with improper pH levels what happens is your body starts to retain water to buffer all of that acidic waste. So now what your body is doing is you start seeing swelling and swelling and more swelling. And and majority of uh, people, when when they get overweight and obese, is actually water retention. You know, it has nothing really to do with just the uh, fat cells increasing in size, but it has to do with increasing how much water the body is retaining. Okay. So pillar number two is balancing out your body's pH level. And we have a great product, right, guys, to balance out pH, which is called Alkali. I mean, it's no wonder why Alkali was voted the number one product in 2013. You know, out of all of the thousands and thousands of products out on the market, this was the number one product, you know, and it's, it's affected my life and it's affected thousands of my patients' lives, you know, saved a few patients' lives, you know. Now, pillar number three is reestablishing your gut function. And there's thousands of studies, guys, out there that talk about the gut in relation to your body's health. You know, a healthy gut means a healthy body overall because, one, if you're not digesting properly, you're not getting the proper nutrients in. Most people are not digesting their food properly. If you guys were at a conference, you guys heard me talk about enzymes and all that stuff, and you know you're supposed to be chewing your food properly. And you gotta get indigestive enzymes into your body to break the foods down to its smallest usable components so that it can be utilized in your body to do whatever it needs to do, reestablish cells and build new uh, organs and all that kind of stuff. But most people don't, don't do that. You know, one, we're eating n- non-nutritious, digestible, undigestible food. And, uh, two, our digestive systems are pretty much shot. Okay. Now we've been bombarded with stress and antibiotics and all of those things in our food system. And what happens is it kills off the the nice balance in our gut flora. And what happens there is we have all these different microbes in there that become what's called opportunistic. They kind of see their chance to overgrow. And one of the main overgrowers in there is candida. And this is why people are more prone to yeast infections. Or when you eat something, say you eat a high sugary meal, you feel bloated um, yeah, constipation. Uh, that's why when people when people uh, get into prolonged chronic diseases, they crave sugar because they're not getting the sugar in their body because these little microbes are eating it and fermenting it. And you see people complain of stuff like brain fog. And the reason why they're complaining of brain fog is that these microbes they'll eat the sugar, ferment it, and create what's called aldehydes. And these aldehydes is, is the precursors to um, the different chemicals like um, alcohol and um, basically like formaldehyde. So you're basically embalming your body before you die. You know, so if you if you want to have, have a lower uh, funeral fee, you know, keep doing what you're doing with the overgrowth of yeast and uh, fermentable sugars in your body. But if you want to change that and you don't want to be a walking corpse, you know, I see a lot of walking dead fans out there. Don't be one of those guys. Okay? You want to make sure that you reestablish that that gut flora. Okay? and PURE, if you guys haven't checked out PURE, like not just using PURE, but l- really researching into it, there there are actually a lot of studies that have been done on the specific strain of P- in PURE and Ganadin BC-30, um, and it's shown to decrease systemic inflammation, which by itself will then decrease, um, decrease all the acidic load on your body, um, helps to reestablish a gut lining so you don't have leaky gut syndrome anymore. All of these different things that's helping to reestablish that. Now, when you have a, a improperly functioning gut, that will in itself cause weight gain. One, because I said you, your body will crave more nutrients and two, because it's creating inflammation in your body. And always equals to water retention because your body has to curb the inflammation by retaining water. Okay, so that was pillar number three, which is reestablishing gut function. Now, the last pillar, pillar pillar number four is lifestyle. And this is, you know, not anything new. Everybody knows that they need to have a proper lifestyle, but what exactly do you need to do? The first thing in lifestyle is managing of your stress. Now, everybody's going to experience stress and everybody's going to succumb to stress. We all are, right? But what do you do with it? You have to learn how to manage it. You know, one thing that I always recommend to all my patients is meditation. You've got to meditate throughout the day. Uh, at least get in 20 or 30 minutes a day. I, I usually recommend meditating in the morning right when you get up and doing something to relax. Maybe take vacations every now and then. You know, like, look at Yoli. We have all these vacations that come up. we got to take part in that. Go out to Cancun. Come out to the Bahamas. You know, come out to conference and just hang out and relax. These are the times to recharge your batteries. Other thing, too, is you got to take daily naps. You know, people laugh at me when I say this, but you got to take daily naps. 15 to 20-minute power naps every single day helps to manage your stress levels. Hey, all the rest of the countries throughout the world do this. I mean, I think there's countries where it's mandated that they take naps every single day and they relax every single day. And it's no wonder why their their levels of chronic health disease are way lower than the United States. where well, we work like 8, 10, 15 hours a day. You know, we don't necessarily take time to relax. Okay. Next one is diet. Diet. We got to start cutting out the sugars, right? We got to cut out the sugars. And, and here's the interesting thing. When you look at sugars, what happens is when you eat a lot of carbohydrates, you, you tend to store more water. So you look at the word in and of itself, carbohydrate, carb, which is the sugar and hydrate, which is water. So for every gram of carbohydrate that you're intaking, you're storing four grams of water. So imagine that, guys, how many carbohydrate people are eating and how many will be grams of water that they're storing to increase their, their weight on their body, all Right? You got to be eating more whole foods. If, you, if it comes from a ground, if it comes from the ground or it come, came from a tree or something like that, eat that. You know, try to stay away from as much processed food as possible. Now, you're, you're not going to be eating twigs and berries for the rest of your life, guys. You know, what you got to do is use the 80-20 rule. 80% of your life, live well. Does twenty percent live it up? You know. Okay. Next one is supplementation. The reason why I recommend supplementation after diet is the, the supplements are is not something that takes the place of proper diet. It's in the word itself means supplement. You know, to fill the holes. That's what you're doing here. Now, if you look at it, eighty percent of the United States population is not even getting the recommended daily allowance for essential nutrients. Essential nutrients are the nutrients your body needs to survive that it's not necessarily getting uh, or producing and it's supposed to be you're supposed to get that from an outside source but 80% is falling short of the RDA now the RDA is just a level to keep you above nutrient deficiency diseases okay so what we gotta do is we gotta actually supplement our diet if we're not even getting it from our diet and look at it this way right some of you may have heard this when I talked conference you only extract about 40% of the nutrients from your food and the foods that you eat are containing half 50% of the nutrients that they did 50 years ago. So you're not getting the same amount of nutrients that we did years ago, and we're not even eating the proper foods. So almost every single person needs to be supplementing. And using the Yoli the, the Better Body Vitamins and Minerals is going to be a great thing to enhance the better body system because, face it, most people are nutrient deficient. Okay. Next part in, in lifestyle balance is exercise. Everybody knows that they gotta exercise, but nobody wants to do it, right? And when we hear the word exercise, you know, we're not, we're not going out and trying to be, you know, the next, uh, gym rat or, or, you know, the next CrossFit champion. If you're a CrossFit champion, amazing. You know, if you're, if you're Tom Paluso out there, you're Tom Paluso, but not everybody is going to have to do that, but everybody thinks that they have to. It's some simple stuff like just getting outside and walking. You know, just really, really simple stuff. And the reason why you need to exercise is, one, it's pumping out all the lymphatic waste that your body builds up. Two, it's increasing your body's bas- basal metabolic rate, right, so that you increase your thermal capacity to utilize the, the, all the foods and the caloric intake that you, that you brought into your body. Remember I said caloric intake versus caloric expenditure. You want to burn off more calories. It's just basic physiology. Now, adults... I recommend a minimum of 150 minutes per week. That's not a lot of minutes, guys. Okay? And this is this is um, focused exercise. You don't necessarily be having having to kill yourself. Just go out for a walk, uh, jump around, do something, jumping jacks, or find something to, to move your body. Children, they need a minimum of an hour per day of exercise. Okay. You gotta gotta get to exercise in. Next one, second to the last one here, hydration. You gotta drink water. Okay, water is water, and water is water. Okay, not soda is water, not juice is water. Water is water. Um, it's clear. It doesn't have a smell. Most people don't even know what it looks like anymore. So get water. Um, get yourself hydrated. I always recommend one liter of water for every 50 pounds of body weight. That's minimum. If you want to be healthy, put two more liters on top of that. Okay. Now, if you look at it, the stats, are showing that even just a mild dehydration. When I say mild dehydration, that's before you even get thirsty. Okay, so mild dehydration slows your metabolism by up to 5%. So if you're thirsty, you're probably slowing your body's metabolism by up to 10 to 15%. So get in the water, drink it every single day. The last one is proper sleep. Okay, you gotta get proper sleeps. I usually recommend seven to nine hours of sleep, but not necessarily the length of, of sleep is important, it's the quality of sleep. Okay. So you could get nine hours of sleep, but you're not, if you're not getting into the REM state, the rapid eye movement state as long, it's useless anyway. So you want to get into a REM sleep. And how do you do that? You got to, got to have one, a dark room, a cool room, but you also should use some type of thing like 5 HTP, GABA. And lo and behold, isn't that contained in dream? You know, so studies have shown that 5 HTP actually helps with fatty acid oxidation. So it burns your fat. And it's during sleep where your body starts to restore, and your body starts to burn off all the stuff that you were doing during the day. This is where your body starts to rebuild. It starts to help um, uh, detoxify. But most people are are cutting the sleep short. They, you know, they're burning the midnight oil, and they're going, you know, maybe four or five hours of sleep a day. And what this does is it shortens your lifespan, guys. Okay, so when we look at the four pillars of weight loss, it very much coincides with the Better Body System. The Better Body System addresses all these four different, um, four different pillars. Right, we're rebalancing hormones, we're balancing out your body's pH, we're reestablishing gut function, and we're teaching a healthy lifestyle. And outside of the transformation kit, I always recommend uh, our preferred customers and our members to supplement their diet with the Better Body vitamins and minerals, getting on the um, getting on the digestive enzymes and also getting on drink because most people are not sleeping properly. Now, when you guys start doing that, you guys are going to start seeing huge increases in weight loss, your weight loss programs and whatever, you know, whatever that you're doing, you know? So that's kind of everything that I have in a nutshell. Uh, Like I said, I'm trying to cram it all in. Hopefully that was useful for you guys. And uh, I thank you guys for listening and thank you for your time.
0: All right, Dr. Mike, you are the man. Oh, man, that's uh, so much information. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming out tonight um, and sharing um, all that with our listeners. Um, I definitely took some good notes. Um, you know, I've got some takeaways that I'm going to follow up on. And, uh, you know, I love um, a, a lot of the doctors that we, we talk to and that mm-hmm. we we have um, talk about optimal health. You know, it's not like just one silver bullet that's going to, that's gonna, um, you know, bring you... Um, health and wellness it's it's really just a a lifestyle change so anyway Mm -hmm. dr mike i appreciate you uh coming on definitely um everyone else um we're a little over time which is um which is actually great because um we're not a lot over time so thank you dr mike for watching the clock there um and uh i guess i will see you guys all um next week and we'll go ahead and unmute the lines you can go ahead and give your shout out thanks